Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Welcome to the show, gearheads. We just watched the Formula One 70th Anniversary Grand Prix, and it did... Uh, it met expectations of a 70th anniversary. It was fantastic. This is John Massengale. I'm sitting in the studio in Austin. Jonathan Green is off this week. Les Kaiser is joining me from oh, his no! home. Oh, <laughs> Jonathan, he's, uh, he's doing some work this weekend. Les is joining me from his home studio. And Dave O'Neill is with us this week. Well, boys, what do you think? Do you agree with me? Did this live up to the expectation? Hey, I think it uh, it bode well for a 70th anniversary. We saw strategies play out. We saw fumbles come into play. Uh, I think it was a it was a good example of what Formula can, Formula One often is, and uh, kind of the history, the the failures, the wins. Uh, cool seeing names pop back in from uh, from the past. Yeah, I think that the. Uh... You know, we didn't get we, we had a great race, but we didn't have rain. We didn't have a bunch of yellow flags and crashes. We just had some really great racing, a lot of strategy involved. And so, yes, Max Verstappen wins. It was not a Mercedes car. The Mercedes car struggled today, a rare off day for the Mercedes cars. So Max Verstappen uh, really won this race by himself. Dave, you and I were talking before we came on air. You think that this was all Max Verstappen. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he um, he's definitely um, got the front row seat when it comes to feeling the car. Um, and you, you can put as many numbers as you want together and um, stats, um, which they did and they do. Um, but he, he definitely got it right. They told him to slow down because it wasn't in the plan um, to do what he was doing. Um, and that's never in Max's plan to slow down, I don't think. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think... As well, the the impressive part for me is that he did it on full tanks as well. So 106 kilos in the car. Uh, he did it at the start of the race. And then we looked to the end. There was some mighty fine strategies played there. Um, good game of chess, really. Um, and at the end, you know, Hamilton tried to pull it back together. Um, and they, they couldn't quite do it. And, of course, they had no fuel in the car at that point as well. So the car was much, uh, much, much lighter, therefore technically should have been quicker. Um, but Max, yeah, he did a fantastic job, held himself together, um, went after people, got the job done when it came to overtaking um, and, and, you know, hand, 
um, his pit crew did a fantastic job um, putting his, his new rubber on um, and sending him out to, to do the job. So he, he did it for me today, Max, for sure. Yeah, lights out from the beginning. He started great, started strong, and never looked back. And I loved his, his radio. He's two weeks in a row he's been uh, funny on the radio because he said, <laughs> basically he said, I'm, they, when they asked him to slow down, he said, I'm not driving like my grandma. I'm going after this. And thank goodness for Max Verstappen, right? I mean, he's so great for the sport right now because we did not want to see another Mercedes 1-2, and Max Verstappen prevented that. And and what about the tire strategy today? It was all over the place. I I, I was excited to hear this before the race to see, you know, what people were going to do. But it was, you know, you know the, the tire strategy from, from every different team was a little bit different. But Max really starting, won this race, not only from his aggressive nature, but the choice on Saturday for him to start on the on the uh, on the hard tire this weekend. Absolutely, yeah. you know there wasn't a, a huge population on hard tires. The, obviously, the uh, the majority of folks went on mediums, but starting on hard, you had Signs, Raikkonen, Vettel, and Kvyat. Um, unfortunately, Vettel didn't handle the uh, hard tire at the first lap the way Max did. I was really uh, really just heartbroken to see Vettel spin and, and immediately swift pass to the back man have the have the wheels just come off of, of sebastian vettel at ferrari right now it is just it is an ugly situation what did he say on the radio he said basically you guys messed up you know on the radio uh, i mean dave what do you think about vettel man he's just he's in trouble yeah i mean that's a that's a yellow card you know you just don't do that when you're in the team um and you probably wouldn't even see any retaliation from from the team, at, you know, at least Ferrari for sure. Um, they tend to do all their work behind the scenes when it comes to that. Um, so yeah, a little bit surprised for him, um, but I kind of know him a little bit. I guess all the meetings I've been in and listened to him talk, um, so it doesn't surprise me that he uh, he said that. Um, he'll probably come out and apologise um, next week hmm. just to just to say it was the heat at the moment. For sure, um, he has to, as well. But there you go. You know, he's he's human. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, if if you if you didn't get to see it at the very beginning of the race, I guess it was still first lap. He had a huge tank slapper right at the start, and spun and almost took out multiple other cars when that happened. So it's like his race started bad and did not get any better. But. Uh, but speaking of Ferrari, his teammate had a pretty good race. Uh, uh, Leclerc was looking pretty good. What do you think about Leclerc's race today, Les? I liked it. Uh, he showed the confidence. He made good ground on, uh, and he had some good battles going on. So I, I really liked that, the way it played out. Leclerc, I think, is the future of Ferrari. Yeah, Leclerc finished fourth. So let me just run down how the race ended up. It was Max Verstappen with his first win of the season in his ninth in his career. And Lewis Hamilton next, who was chasing Max, but didn't have enough time left in the race. Then Valtteri Bottas, who really didn't have a great race, but ended up third on the podium. Then Leclerc, Alexander Albon, Lance Stroll, Nico Hulkenberg, the two two racing point cars. And then Esteban Ocon, Lando Norris, and Daniel Kvyat wraps up the points positions, points for for Kvyat. Then Gasly, then Vettel in 12th. Carlos Sainz, Ricardo, Raikkonen, Grosjean, 
You have a Nazi George Russell Latifi, the two Williams cars at the back. And, of course, Kevin Magnuson didn't finish the race. It's been so frenetic right at the end because it was right towards the end of the race. I haven't even seen what happened to Magnuson. Did either of you guys catch that? I did not. I did no. not. I've got a feeling he sustained some damage. Um, I'm trying to recall who he um, who he had an altercation with. Um, someone was overtaking him. Uh, you might be able yeah. to remember that's um, right. But I think maybe he, he did some damage. And then also, we don't know what happened there. You know, if um, if the cooler got blocked and the, the temperature started rising for the gearbox, sometimes it's best to pull the car in and, and do less damage when you're not in a points paying position um, just for the following race. But one of the interesting bits of, for me is, um, you know, th- this is going to go down in history, having, having all these Grand Prix lined up together um, week after week is you would have thought someone like Mercedes, um, who, who had it together last weekend, um, won the race, um, all they had to do was sort out a few tyre issues and they should have gone out and done a one-two again. Um, and it just shows how much work is done behind the scenes for other people to look back on their race and say, you know, we didn't do this right, we did, we did that right, we should have qualified on these tyres and raced on these and et cetera. Um, so for me, it's, it's almost stretching the boundaries of perfection when you return to the same circuit the only element i guess which changes is the weather uh the you know so the the ambient and the wind um so yeah really interesting for me on that on that side well you know with uh in comparing last week to this week uh i'm with you seems like there would have been a minor tweak because we know we're going you know they're going to be on softer tires but, you know, there wasn't one physical aspect that was mentioned earlier or, or that you mentioned about they found something on one of the turns uh, after last week's race that they, they finessed and groomed on the track surface itself so that it uh, wouldn't cause issues. And uh, it was suspect that it caused some of the issues last week. So I'd say that. But, uh, you know, the minor tweak, I almost feel like uh, they they turned the knob the wrong direction from last week to this week to have Mercedes go through such a drastic change. Yeah. I think what I was picking up from, um, from some of the commentary and, and also the driver feedback is that the, the tire pressures um, as ever are crucial, but in this, this particular point, um, they, well, they all seem to have been raising the tire pressures, therefore making the, the, the thing more of a, a pressure vessel um, like a, a balloon effectively as well um, and I think Mercedes quite possibly went too far by the sounds of it when it comes to pressures therefore um, you know the tyres started to delaminate de- and, um, and overheat um, too quickly um, and I think that that's one thing that Max seems to be king about is, um, is managing his, um, his temperatures you know it's with the, the heat from the brakes or whether it's um, not sliding the car as much or turning in earlier or later whichever he's doing is um, he's certainly getting the, the most out of the tires and yeah. playing dividends and he's done that a lot in his career and and you know you're talking about what you just said David about Mercedes and the tires is that I'm looking at my notes lap six Mercedes was already on the radio to uh, to Botas saying hey tire tire wear already tire temperatures already and that was only on lap six so they and i didn't hear anybody else talking about tire temperatures at the very beginning of the race so i mean yeah this this could just be a a rare mistake for the mercedes team and you like you said uh 
uh, Total Wolf did not look happy, but but yeah, <laughs> not only with uh, with with the uh, with the drivers, but with the team, with the with the tire pressures and everything. So I'm just looking through my notes early on. I looked at my uh, my notes, and Botas had noticeable wear strips as early as lap 12. And and then what about when Hamilton was thinking about going, making this a one-stop race and going to the end? I mean, his tires looked, there were two major wear strips on the, on the, uh, I think it was a left rear maybe, but there were two major strips on the tire. And then he was the, the, uh, the team radio was saying the tires are fine, except for the wear strips. And I was laughing at, I was like, really? The, the tires are fine. And then, his response was, "Am I going to have another blowout?" And so I, I couldn't even imagine that they were going to try to, to try to to take that to the end. But but yeah, that that was just a, a a complete meltdown from a technical standpoint for Mercedes because, I mean, we saw how fast they were. They were a full second and have been all year a full second ahead of everybody, and to not be able to keep the pace, it was just it's just amazing that they weren't even close. But um, but Les, what else struck you about today besides Mercedes tires and Max Verstappen's incredible win? Uh, this one's easy for me. Halvon and Gasly had some great battles while they were near each other. Uh, you could tell Gasly was really uh, reaching for all the performance he could. Uh, Albon knows that if he has more, many more performances like we've seen over the past couple of weeks against Gasly specifically, uh, he's he might be looking for another seat, and my gosh, you hate to see uh, hate to see him lose that, but he knows it's for real. Yeah, I did see that battle. That was a good battle with Albon, and and uh, and and do you think that he did enough? It seems like we said this exact same thing last week. Did he do enough to you know to keep out of that hot seat? He finished fifth today. I'm going to say he probably did. Uh, is, is he free for a long time? You've got Gasly. Wrapping up in 11th, Albon in 5th. That was good, but, uh, you know, it hasn't been great, I'm going to say. Um, Albon has a few things going for him. His nationality within being in that company's seat is a plus for him. Uh, his skills, we've seen the way that uh, Gasly can perform and has performed. He earned that spot to begin with in Red Bull a couple of years ago and then uh, was dethroned, if you will, by Alex. Uh, performance, it's not over, Alex. Keep on charging or uh, or you got somebody breathing down your neck. All right, so right behind Albon, we had end of, end of the race was Lance Stroll in sixth, Nico Hulkenberg in seventh. Great race for Hulkenberg, I suppose, just because, I mean, I know he ended up moving down, but I, I still, the fact that he's just so new back to the car, but... What to me is what's interesting about the, where they finished sixth and seventh, that gives them 14 points for today's race, almost adding back the 15 that got taken away in the penalty. So, uh, you know, I, I it goes back to what I was saying in the pre-show is that it, it's it was worth it. It was worth it. You if you can make up the points in one race that you got penalized. And we talk about the 400,000 euros is, is a drop in the bucket. Who even cares about that? But the fact that you can make up those 15 points, I know championship points uh, are so, uh, you know, they're just so valuable, right? But the fact that a team, you know, can make them up in one race, I think that's well worth it. But, uh, 
Well, let's go back to Leclerc. What do y'all think about his race? And you know, we've talked about uh, for Stapp. I mean, uh, Vettel's end up with his disastrous race for Ferrari. But what about Leclerc and his race today? As far as doing what you know, ending up in fourth, where Vettel can't even come close to really not even the top ten right now. I, th- I think Leclerc. Um, he he drove uh, a fantastic race today. Um, you have to look at the the difference between the two drivers. Um, and also the time delta as well. Um, I think he got he got on with it. He got in the zone, um, and he, he put his head down and um, and did a team team job today, um, and got them some really good points. You know, it's not going to be like this forever. Um, Ferrari are going to recover, um, whether it's sooner or whether it's later, they will do. And they they just need people that are going to play play for the team um, when they're when they're slow when they're down. Um, the the interesting bit will be what what the, what kind of reception Sebastian's going to get when he when they go to um, to to Italy. I know there's no crowd there, but um, yeah, you know, with the journalists and and the reporting, I wonder how he's going to fare. So, all right, guys. Well, let's take a quick break, and we'll continue to break down the 70th anniversary Grand Prix. I want to look at the drivers' standings after this because it's made a big change with Verstappen's win. Let's to Speed City. Back up these messages. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town, in your favorite store, or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company. Born, bred, and brewed in Texas. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Talk 1370. Talk 
Hello to everyone. This is Gunter Steiner. This is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Welcome back to the show. Hey, boys, think about this. After the British Grand Prix, Botas was already 30 points behind Hamilton. After today, Verstappen is only 30 points behind Hamilton. So, oh, what a difference one race can make. And I'm excited as I can be that Max Verstappen won today. And just looking at the driver standings. So, obviously, with Verstappen, I mean, with Hamilton in the lead after Verstappen's win today. So, 107 points for Lewis Hamilton, 77 for Verstappen, 73 for Botas, Charles Leclerc, 45. Lando Norris, 38. Alexander Alban, 36. Stroll with 28. Sergio Perez, 22. Daniel Ricciardo, 20. Esteban Ocon with 16. And, I, I, you know, I, I don't expect Verstappen and Red Bull to be able to pull this off every week. But, man, it was nice to see. And I, I don't know. I was thinking about the Ferrari points. You guys won't be shocked to think about this. This is Vettel's worst start since 2008 at Toro Rosso. Think about that. I mean, I mean, and you you heard I didn't even bring up Vettel's name in the points because he's only got 10 points. So, but yeah, the driver standings look a lot shaken up today, and I think that uh, you know it, it bodes well that Mercedes can make a mistake or two and keep us all excited about the Formula One Championship, but. Uh, Les, what else from today's race? I mean, I know you love to watch Max Verstappen. You've said it many times, but uh, moving down the grid, anything else excites you? You mentioned Albon earlier. What about any other points from today's race? Uh, you know, uh, Verstappen, to me, interesting, was uh, ignoring kind of team suggestions. I don't know if that was as strong as an order, but uh, ignoring that, his pace where he lost his lead in the pit Although briefly, when he exited, he was back in place by uh, by less than a lap. Um, I enjoyed seeing that head of steam out of Max and showing very well uh, when he came out and he was paired up with Botas out of the pit lane. Uh, I love that. I love that combination of Botas and Max together. To be quite honest, uh, Botas is a great guy to run into and great personality. Botas always strikes me as the businessman yet he's friendly cordial and serious but not one of those guys that really puts his elbows out against the likes of max you don't see strong aggressive drying driving in my opinion yet he still does really well uh cautious and methodical i'll say david is is that the way you team managers look at botas I think you probably hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, he doesn't get his arms out. Um, I don't know whether it's um, kind of spatial awareness or understanding who's around him, but certainly he leaves the door open. Um, and he's just not an aggressive person. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a racer. And I think once everything's um, clean and tidy around him, he's as fast as Hamilton. Um, but when it comes to shutting the door, I, I just don't think he's quite got the aggression or um, the discipline, I guess is probably the proper word, the discipline to keep uh, keep people behind him or make his uh, his car wider than other people like Hamilton and uh, and Verstappen have, have a natural ability to do. So, yeah, you're probably right there, Les. Yeah, yeah and I, I think Botas, 
you, you know, he is that way in person, like you said, Les, but you can just see it in every interview. I mean, he is just a calm, steady force. But, uh, hey, I want to ask you something, Dave, because last weekend, Grosjean swerved when he was being passed twice. Well, that happened today, and it looked like an instant replay when Hamilton, lap 46, when Hamilton was passing Leclerc right there towards the end of the race. Leclerc moved just like Grosjean. I mean, I know Grosjean gets a, a bad rap. He gets a, a, I say a bad rap. He gets a ton of abuse on social and everywhere else. What do you, what do you think about it? Is there a double standard there? Um, I think, you know, it's just like anything in, in sport, isn't it? You know, if, the, if you get a name for uh, going in hard, um, tackling as a defender, um, it, you can win most of them. And the, the odd one, um, you get, uh, you get, you're penalised for, but I think, yeah, I think probably Grosjean definitely gets um, dealt a bad, bad hand there. But between, I mean, Leclerc as well, you know, he he does make these moves, but he is he doesn't hit people. You know, most of the time he's pretty pretty <laughs> clean with with his moves. Um, and also, they might have, you know, he did make just one move, which you're allowed to do. You are you're allowed to make one move, and he did that, um, and it was very close. So, yeah. Well, I just it, when I saw that today, it, I mean, it looks so much like a the, the the Grosjean move from last week. It's just almost identical. So I, I thought, hey, let's let's at least discuss that. But um, another another question for Gunter uh, next week. Then yeah, hopefully if we can get him on. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what about the radio? The team radio from both uh, Hamilton and Botas right towards the end of the race. It was to Botas. It was free to race. Just don't hit each other. And Hamilton, free to race, keep it clean. Uh, that didn't turn out to be a big battle. It looked like uh, that Hamilton made quick work of that. But I, I was, I was glad to hear that and say, hey, let you know. Instead of being super cautious, they were saying go after it. And Dave, uh, you, uh, you know, when you've had to make those those calls, I guess you you judge how you're going to phrase that depending on who's on the other end of the radio. Yeah, the um, well, I think it probably means something else. You know, there's probably another bit of code there from Mercedes. You know, uh, you are free to race, but Lewis is definitely coming past you, type thing. So <laughs> keep it clean. But um, I mean, you can see on the times as well. Um, Botas was, you know, Lewis had newer tyres. Um, he, he had the potential of doing something. I mean, a bit unrealistic, but he still had the potential to to do something four laps in. Um, to the end of the race um, but yeah you, you kind of most of that stuff is discussed beforehand so you know that you're going to have to um, make a call um, so you give out the warning shot first just to just to make sure they know um, all bets are off and then um, if someone's meant to give up a place um, you get told once twice and then the <laughs> third time the team principal will normally come on and give the order <laughs> as we know sometimes that works and sometimes that doesn't <laughs> depending vettel's been on the on the 21 multi 21 <laughs> yeah uh hey guys we have a caller on the line let's welcome hey larry welcome to the show buddy how are you well i'm doing pretty good today it was a heck of a race today i gotta confess it was an unbelievable race you know in this modern era when you see dicing like that and the different strategies play out seemingly f1 has got it right they really do have it right. Yeah. The question I have, and I don't know if it's due to, I just thought of this too. I don't know if it's due to the retirement of Adrian Newey, 
the Red Bull has traditionally been a high downforce chassis. Well, that would have been a serious liability there at Silverstone with its high speed. Is this a one-off by Red Bull, or have they changed their basic philosophy in chassis building to build less downforce into the chassis? Because a high downforce chassis should have destroyed those tires. Yeah, David, let's throw that one to you. What do you think? Well, yeah, interesting question there. Um, I I think Nui still does play a part in it. He was definitely on the pit wall there today. Um, so... It, although he doesn't kind of design the car fully, he, he definitely has um, interests in, in certainly the aero surfaces. Um, and why wouldn't you have someone with that much experience sticking their nose in and helping out? Um, I think what we ha- we also have to do is give credit to Honda. You know, they've definitely played a part in pushing the horses um, in, in the power unit um, and the, the strategy and deployment with the battery power as well. Um, I think an awful lot of hard work has gone into that part of it. Um, and again, you know, we have to look at the drivers. This is this is definitely, um, are both drivers the same? No. Um, Max is definitely, I, I would say, half a second quicker than Albon um, in, on, on the day. Um, so, so Max, for me, today made the difference. Um, for sure... They've probably got the car. The cars are probably the same. They they have the budget to be able to put all the updates on the on both cars, um, so you, you don't have to choose one driver or the other. Um, and again, they they had seven days to go away, come back, and fine tune the car um, physically um, and also with their strategies as well. Um, so there's probably four elements that made um, the Red Bull today the race winning car. That was the driver, the engine. Um, and also the teamwork that went into it and the strategy, the way the way the tyres were looked after. So I don't know if that answers your question. I, I don't think it's as easy as, um, you know, putting a put, pinpointing what what the difference is aero wise. Most of the aero is um, is down to a new front wing. Um, and then from that, you develop uh, back from from there. So um, I'd say I'd say they, you know, they have got it right. Um, they're right on the crust of, of doing the business this year, I think, Red Bull. Um, and if they had someone a little bit quicker in the car or brought Albon up to speed, um, they'd definitely be in the in the race for the top four um, every single race. For yeah. Me. And thinking about, have you had a teammate that could help you? You know, how, we all know how important it is to have a, a teammate that can be up there with you, uh, helping you and blocking and whatever else. So. Hey, Larry, uh, I know you're trucker and traveling. Where are you today? Well, I'm a little place in the uh, middle of, uh, well, it's, it's extreme western Virginia, about the central part here. There's a pulp mill kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And, <laughs> and uh, I'm sitting right now with uh, some dead chicken in front of me. And, and uh, <laughs> But I had to comment. I really have to comment because if, if Red Bull with a traditional high downforce chassis, and it's clear it's not been getting the job done. And now that they have horsepower, you'd think they could push harder with a high downforce chassis because they have the power to push through the air and then the handling that goes with it. But a high-speed circuit, with the liability that a high downforce chassis would give you in eating tires, they had to have taken some downforce off that car, had to have. I don't think the laws of physics change because it's the seventh anniversary and let's have an exciting one, boys. <laughs> but... They have done something with that car. Now, granted, Honda stepped up 
Honda's got it done. They're determined not to lose. They have the resources and the engineering talent to provide a top-flight power plant. appears that that's done because, as they said on the broadcast, they won on pace. It wasn't through no sh- uh, strategy or shenanigans other than the choice of tires. Yeah. Uh, that that car's capable. Absolutely. And that's what this sport really needs is a capable automobile. And I think they have, if like you're saying, if they had somebody to help max out, I, I think they've surpassed Mercedes. I mean, surpassed Ferrari. Well, Ferrari's the one that really is extremely troubling. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, rough. Well, Larry, the, hey, Larry, buddy, we appreciate it, but we're out of time. We got to go to the break. But uh, thank you very much for your phone call. Great question, and I appreciate you tuning in and listening. All right, let's go ahead and take a break, and we'll be back after these messages. We got another caller on the line. We'll grab him when we come back. When you're looking for traditional Tex-Mex, look no further than an Austin favorite, one in a million. Serving original family recipes since 1980 and located just minutes from downtown at 2300 East Cesar Chavez, one in a million has your Tex-Mex fix every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Breakfast is served all day. Homemade migas, enchiladas, and menudo. And try the Don Juan taco. Some say it's big enough to feed a family of four. One in a million. Online at oneinamillion.com. Motivation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Hi, this is Max Steppen, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Nice job, producer, finding that Max Verstappen. That's awesome. (laughs) We thought after today's race, I'm really glad because coming in today, after last weekend, we thought that Lewis Hamilton was going to social distance himself out into the lead of the championship. But no, Max Verstappen has, has tightened it within 30 points. And we have a caller on the line that is going to give us a little breaking news because I just saw his Twitter feed talking about the racing point being summoned to the stewards. Andy P., welcome to the show, buddy. Uh, Good morning, guys. Good to talk to you again. You too. So what's going on? I just saw your tweet about the stewards calling the racing point team. What could it possibly be? 
Well, it, it, it's definitely about the, the brake <laughs> duct, which is, you know, the story, I think, of this weekend, yeah. other than the race itself. So, I mean, we are, again, where this is going to go, I, who knows? This, yeah. This is such a weird, complex thing. I've tried to dig into it a couple of different ways, and, and it, it almost reads, like, if you look at each of the individual issues that the FIA was trying to address, it kind of sort of makes sense. But when you put it in perspective of the entire ruling, it, it almost counteracts itself, doesn't it? Yeah, this is really, I mean, it, it's, there's so many different ways to look at this. It is so complex. Uh, Dave, how would you respond to Andy's comment there? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I tend to agree from a spectator's point of view, it's just a bit too complicated. Um, you, you need a red or a yellow card on this this uh, situation, really. Um, and where it's going, I, I'm not quite sure, but there's definitely a fight on. You know, there hasn't been a, like you say, there hasn't been a ruling wrong or right um, on it. Um, and I think it's just going to go on and on um, until until someone finds a, a solution um, in the rules somewhere that, that, that can put it to bed. Um, and certainly Stroll's not going to give up on it. So um, I don't know. I haven't got a real defined answer for it. I just I just think it is a mess and it's something that we, we just don't need to see in, in Formula One. We saw the race today. That was fantastic. Um, and that's what we want to see outside of the, the paddock is, is just racing, really. Yeah, we want to see good racing. Well, Good racing, yeah. Hey, well, Andy, what did you think of the race today, though? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was – this was much more tense I think of a, of an overall race watch simply because you had a little bit much more unknown with all the, the tire issues going on. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't the best from my team's perspective, but I mean, in terms of, I mean, Hey, we, we finally saw what it took to, to finally defeat a Mercedes this year. So who's not happy about that other than, you know, the hardcore <laughs> Merck fans. Yeah. Uh, nobody's disappointed with that for sure. And I think that, you know, if we can see more Max Verstappen battling for wins, that's going to make everybody happy, no doubt. Well, well, Andy, what about your team, your your McLaren boys? I know you're a big McLaren fan. A bit of a tough day for them. I mean, Carlos was doing really, really well, kind of, I think, got all the way up to, I think, fourth place. And then they had a, a really strange slow pit stop that I haven't been able to quite figure out exactly what happened there. Um, you know, Lando showed well, um, but I think, the tire issues that were plaguing everybody else really plagued them as well. Uh, couldn't necessarily push on, on his second stint. I think I just heard him saw, say on uh, another interview that, that that was like the worst second stint of his life. So, um, <laughs> you know, he, I think he had a very, it was a frustrating day for them, but you know, they did come away with points. That's always a positive. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, I mean, I think overall as a team, I think the team is still projecting upwards and, and everything like that. I mean, they're going to come into that Mercedes power unit next year. So I, I, there's, there's really good times ahead. I think just the, the heat of everything today kind of got him a little bit. Yeah, that could easily be the case. But, uh, well, Andy, thanks a lot for calling, buddy. Anything else you can think of before you before I let you go? No, no. Like I said, just good to talk to you. And on, on to the second of the triple headers. There you go. Exactly. Back to back to back. Second time. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate the call. All right. You have a good one. Well, guys, I, uh, I I just want to mention at least apparently there's a big earthquake out in North Carolina, and I was sitting there mapping. I'm wondering. I, I don't know. I don't think it's. I think it's a five one. So I don't think it's. I haven't heard about people being injured or anything. But uh, 
I wonder if that's close enough for the boys at Kannapolis at the Haas F1 headquarters over there in North Carolina to feel that one. I looked at the same thing. It's about 95 miles away. Oh, it's 95. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thinking of what else we saw in today's race, I know one of the things that struck me was, so last week Hamilton won on three tires, but this week he had four and only came in second. Mm, maybe there's a strategy we can come up with there, but Hey, uh, Les, I want to ask you about, um, about the, uh, the Williams team, because did you see they, you know, we talked about how well they had done, but it looks like Russell and Latifi both had a pretty sad race because they both finished. They were the last two cars to finish other than Magnuson who did not finish. Yeah. You know, Latifi, uh, you might even point at Magnuson at Magnuson cause he had a, a unruly re-entry to the track. Uh, which gave another five game a five second penalty in the end. Uh, so there's probably some interference there. I just, uh, gosh, I want Williams to be higher in the ranks, but uh, I don't know what's to do. And I don't, uh, I don't know if it's fair to point at Claire Williams and pin so much of it on her in a lot of the online discussions, you're seeing people point at her and isn't it time that the daughter did something else? Uh I really don't know. That's that's hard to appraise from my seat. Dave, what do you think? Is uh, is it fair? Is it unreasonable? What when somebody says that about Claire? Um, I think it's probably unreasonable, really. Um, knowing what she kind of does in the team, she doesn't really design the car. Um, she's more of a figurehead. Um, stands beside her her dad effectively um, and tries to emulate what he would like um, to do. Uh, it's a huge team um, and you can't, just like anything, you know, you, you can't blame one person for it. It's a team effort. Um, so, and also you, you can't get better that quickly as well. So from the, they're coming from the, the deep depths of um, despair last year. Um, they have moved forward. Um, they've got a really good driver with Russell in the car. Um, Latifi, I don't know, again, you know, he's, he's there making up the numbers without being rude, um, bringing the cash, keeping people in, in jobs. Um, so that's, he's doing his job on that part. But I think that the, the team um, is making moves forward, uh, for sure. Um, they've got a really good power unit in the back. Um, so we know that that isn't a question. Um, so I think it's all, it's all really down to tyre management, how they can put more downforce on the car stick the car to the ground more and then start using the tires. And if you don't have the downforce, you can't use the tires and you see what people are doing who are using the tires at the front of the field. Um, I bet you the Williams tires look brand new at the end of the race. Um, so yeah, I, I think she gets um, a bad press, um, honestly. Um, and um, she has to take it cause that's her job. Um, she's at the top, she's steering the ship. Um, but I think it's within, um, and again, you know, the, for sure there's, there's something wrong there. Um, but also the other thing you, you've got to add to the mix as well, they just haven't got um, a bundle of cash to, to pull themselves out of problems. Um, and we've seen what happens when you do. You know, you look at the racing point, they've got, uh, I don't know, another 100 million is from the, the budget two years ago added to it, and it just drags you up the, up the grid. Um, so money is a really important ingredient buys you downforce in most cases. Um, and I, I guess yeah. they just have to 
see the bad times out, try and move forward even further. Like you said, it's part of Latifi's, that's part of his role is, is bringing that money. He actually had it. It's funny. He's not looked, you know, like you said, not great all year, but he had a, a, a decent drive today. He was, he was pretty much on Russell's pace throughout the race and he crossed the line only 0.6 seconds behind him. So he was, um, he was actually fifth fastest in terms of fastest lap, 2.2 seconds off Botas. So, uh, did Russell hey, do a three, uh, uh, a three stopper and Lafitte a two? Yeah, I don't, I don't know how that, how yeah. that played out. Yeah, if, Latifi, uh, no, they both did three stops, it looks like. They both yeah. did three. Yeah. Hey, we have a comment from, uh, from Facebook on the video. Thanks, Sean, for following us there. He says Vettel versus Ferrari seems to be heating up. Yeah, we heard that comment back uh, back to the perch. Um, it's somewhat out of character for a driver to say that back to the engineering group, but uh, maybe not so much with Sebastian. Uh, but you throw that in with uh, certainly a tumultuous uh, situation right now. Is this cracking the door open more for uh, Sebastian's exit? <laughs> what do you think, Dave? I think he's kicked the door um, open. <laughs> kicked the door open, yeah. They did do that uh, a few years ago when they got, got rid of Prost halfway through the season. So I don't think they've got any uh, any worries in showing anyone the door. It, the interesting bit would be um, who would who would jump in there. Um, and you have to say, um, Giovinazzi's probably not in the position to do so. Um, maybe they have Kimi back for the rest of the year. Um, like, <laughs> there you go. Good. Yeah, that would be good uh, for everybody. Good for everyone, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dave, you um, were talking about. Oh, well, sorry. Go ahead and finish your thought. No, I was just, I was just going to say, I, I, I don't think they'll stand for too much of that, and they don't need to stand for a, for any of it. You know, it's all about the name, isn't it? The prancing horse. Um, you have to think about the drivers from from Ferrari, but you don't have to think about the team. Yeah. Hey, Dave. What I was going to say is, you were talking about the pit stops while I go for the Williams team. They both had three. Which is only uh, there's only one other two other drivers had three. Ricardo had three stops, and Hulkenberg had three stops. That's how Hulkenberg went from, I think he was in fifth and ended up at seventh after that stop. I think he, they had to stop for a, I don't remember. I think it was something to do with a like a tire requirement. Maybe maybe they hadn't. I don't know. Maybe they hadn't used a tire. But um, but also want to point out that Leclerc only had one stop, finishing fourth, and Ocon only had one stop. And the only other driver, Ocon, who finished eighth, yeah, eighth. And then the only other driver who had one stop was Raikkonen. So, you know, it, I swear it, there was so much discussion and strategy about about stops. I thought everybody was going to have three stops and maybe some with four. But, but uh, that's what I think that's what made today's race so exciting and and uh, and strategic. So, hey guys, let's go ahead and take a quick break. I think we have another caller on the line, so we'll get to you right after the break. You're listening to Speed City live from Austin, Texas, back after these messages.
Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky, the source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing, windingroadracing.com. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Austin's Talk, 1370. Hi guys, this is Pierre Gasly and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Yeah, that was Pierre Gasly bringing us back. He's had uh, a good run of it lately. Hey, I want to thank everybody. We are not only broadcast on the radio, but we stream out on our social media. Our Twitter's not working today, but we're out on Facebook and YouTube. I want to thank everybody for tuning in there and making comments. But we have a caller on the line. We have a gentleman from Tennessee. Chris, how's it going, buddy? Oh, sorry, it's Eric. Eric from Tennessee. Hello. Um, I just wanted to say today was uh, a really exciting race because Mercedes, you, you know, they, they were dominating so much every week that they just thought they were invincible and the track and mother nature was like, Whoa, wait a minute. No, you're not. And so they, I think they were kind of humbled today with all the blistering issues and just things weren't just working out like they are, are used to. And I really enjoyed, you know, uh, Nico coming back. Uh, there was a lot of, prestige in the set you know 70th 70th anniversary and it was one car manufacturer that i miss and i'm wondering if they'll ever come back and that's maserati ah maserati huh uh the, i don't see anything in the near future but who the heck knows i don't know for sure but <laughs> hey are you have you been an f1 fan for a long time i have been an f1 fan for about the last eight years 
and I'm finding a lot more F1 fans now in the what I call the NASCAR uh, area in the United States. There's they're they're more falling in love with the open wheel F1 style uh, of racing, and I'm finding more and more of my fellow fans here in the states that are just they see a race, they see a couple of races, and they end up falling in love. And we and there's several of us that play the game, the F1 game. Oh yeah, uh, I'm not I'm not real good at it, but <laughs> I, I try. Well, you said eight years uh, eight years ago. That's yeah. when Circuit of the Americas opened. As was that a yep. coincidence, or do you think that had something to do with it? Nope, had nothing to do with it. It's just my my little brother. He said, you know, you you need to watch F1 because <laughs> it seems to be you know getting more and more exciting. And at the time, I had owned a Mercedes uh, AMG, so that's when I kind of fell in love with it. And I was living in Las Vegas, and I thought, wow, wouldn't that be cool if they came to Las Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> well, they've, they've been there before. but <laughs> Well, I'm glad you yeah. enjoyed the race today because it was, it was a good race. It was, it was a really good race, and it was not just you know, not gimmicky at all. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, and I even got my mother hooked. So she, she was a Max fan today. <laughs> <laughs> We're oh, all nice. Max fans. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, well, thanks for so, thanks I, for tuning in, and, and I appreciate the call. I appreciate you uh, you giving us a call and letting us know. Absolutely, and uh, I and I promise I won't be a stranger. All right, all right, Eric. Thanks a lot. All righty, Eric. Yeah. Hey, Dave. During the break, you were bringing up a couple of points. Uh, number one, constructors' points, and talking about how how Racing Point would have been uh, would have been third after today. Yes, I think the the fight for the top three is um, is definitely hot, um, and I can't see it sort of diluting anytime soon. Really, um, you've got the Ferrari Racing Point and McLaren um, all in the hunt there, and all all kind of doing the the same job each weekend. Um, we we have to kind of work out why um, Hulkenberg got pulled in, um, whether it was uh, strategic, whether he needed to. Um, make sure Lance was in front of him or, or what it was, but um, we'll see. I'd like to see him in the car again for the next race. Um, you know, I hope Perez gets better soon, but I'd also like to see uh, Hulkenberg actually do something for, for, uh, for his career. Yeah, I know that is an exciting thing to add to the sport. I mean, just because everybody knew when he was not on the, you know, when he's not in the, the F1 field, that he, he deserves to be probably. And he proved it once again this weekend. Man, fast and qualified. Guys, to, yeah. I've got the right, I've got the answer. So remember back in 2019, there was a brand that got involved in the power unit regulations and the technology that was going to come into the rules. Anybody remember what Porsche. brand that was? It was Porsche, wasn't it? Good man. Yeah. Who better to come back in 2021? knowing they had a, a card in the game in development of the power regulations and the power unit uh, capabilities. And Mr. Hulkenberg, how's that for a big splash? That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, that would love do it. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it. I, I was excited to hear that Porsche was even considering it. And man, you, you know, it, it does seem like a name that should be involved in formula one. Absolutely. And I, I mean, let's face it let you know Porsche's not been there's been times when they've struggled right we know that and 
it's a lot of money to go to be involved in Formula One in any possible way. So I, I, I don't know. I'd love to see it, though. But hey, Dave, you were talking yeah. about um, might be a brand I would cheer for. Yeah, I would definitely cheer for him. <laughs> hey, Dave, you're talking about penalty points. I hadn't even thought about that recently. What was the uh, who's leading? Who's got the most penalty points this season? I think the um, in the lead is Lewis Hamilton with six points. <laughs> the lead, <laughs> <laughs> uh, followed by by uh, Vettel. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, a lot of the a lot of it has been neutralised. I think someone was up on um, ten or eleven um, cup at the start of the season. So I think that was uh, Vettel, if my if I'm correct in saying. Um, so anyway, it's it's been reduced. So there's there's um, there's a little bit of safety margin there um, for those guys, but yes, yeah, six points halfway, halfway to a ban. Hey, I want to talk about something that is uh, American centric because there's an American moving up the ladder a little bit, and Logan Sargent has now moved into first place in the FIA Formula Three after his win at Silverstone yesterday. So, and I think I saw somebody tweet that this was the first time yeah I, I know what the tweet was it was the first time the national the american national anthem had been played at a grand prix weekend since alexander rossi like i, I don't remember what year it was but um but dave what do you know about logan Sargent? i'm excited i've i've got an email into his crew and if he'll check his email maybe he'll come on the show but uh what do you think about logan Sargent? <laughs> Well, I think he's a, a promising young talent. He's um, he's the right weight to be um, the perfect weight for an F1 driver. He's 65 kilos. <laughs> um, Height-wise, he's he's going to fit into the car, no problem. 181 centimeters. That's such a I Dave O'Neill stat right there. I love that. He's <laughs> the right um, weight. <laughs> he's the right weight, yeah. Um, so he's, um, you know, he's come come from quite a distance you know 2019 he he did the um formula three championship he finished 19th in that um he did the macau grand prix so jonathan probably knows him quite well finished third in the in the world cup there uh and um and jumped into um to this season which he's he's definitely um with a very good team um and to win at silverstone you have to be quick you know it's not like a, a monaco race where few people crash out and um, you come home and and um, pick up the trophy. He's uh, he's definitely quick, um, definitely a quick driver um, to be able to put that together at Silverstone. Um, and then the rest of his career, he seems to um, been on the money. Um, Twenty eighteen, he was um, fourth in Formula Renault um, overall. Um, Twenty seventeen in um, uh, Formula Four, he was third. Um, had some podiums. Um, yeah, so he, he's, he was there and then he, he kind of started in single seaters back in halfway through 2016 and 2017, um, where he was out in the UAE in the championship there and finished second overall. And prior to that, he was in karting. So he's got a good pedigree. Um, now, you know, once you get into the Formula 3 and Formula 2, the Formula 3, if you can win it the first time, first season out, that that's definitely put you on the radar of um, the F1 teams. Um, and then Formula 2, um, you know, you get you get two years there to, to, to win it effectively. But it's really exciting to have someone from the States um, yeah. being, in the, being in the hunt um, 
in, in the in the last two steps to Formula One. So all we have to do, I think, is you know give him as much support as we can over the social media platforms um, and um, just will him will him all the way into into a Formula One team. Yeah, he's a 19 year old from Boca Raton, Florida. So we will. Keep an eye on him. We'll try to get him on the show as well. Well, guys, we are out of time, man. It flew by. Great race. Wow. 70th anniversary. Appropriate win for Max Stappen. Max Verstappen. And uh, kept us all excited on the edge of our seat. I, I think I was at about 10 laps left. I was like, this is done. Max Verstappen is going to win this. It was very exciting. Well, thanks, everybody, for calling in. Appreciate you callers. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And, of course, we will see you next Sunday. Check out our website to find out how to listen to the national show, speedcitybroadcast.com. Talk to you next week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.